Activate your energy. Welcome to the Activated Authors Podcast, a show where we distill the core principles of what it takes to become a happy, healthy, and productive author, no matter what stage of the journey you're at. I'm your host, Daniel Wilcox. I'm an international best-selling author, as well as an author coach, speaker, and creative entrepreneur. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student of all things productivity, psychology, and human behavior. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. What is up, Activators, and welcome back to another episode of the Activated Authors Podcast. I am not your host, Daniel Wilcox, but I am the one that's here with him every single week. It's me. Hello, it's Sam Frost. Dan is having some time away, some decompression time for the next couple of weeks, so I'm afraid you are stuck with me, or maybe that is something to be very happy about. I don't know. It depends upon how you feel about my voice. (laughs) But fear not too much, because for this week, I have an interview that Dan did a little while back for our community with the people over at Plotter. And they're going to answer all sorts of questions that were posed by our community about what Plotter is and how to use it, how to get the best out of it, all that kind of good stuff. But before we jump into the interview, first of all, I just wanted to do a big shout out and thank you to all of our gorgeous preppers over on Facebook who spent this week getting into fighting fit shape to knock out 50,000 words in April because April is our very first 2023 50k writing camp. If you're interested in getting involved, then head on over to activatedauthors.com where you can find out all about the challenge, what's involved, what perks are there, all about our gorgeous community. And yeah, you can see if that's something that you want to get involved in. We would absolutely love to have you. Okay, now I want to just do a quick win from our community before we dive on into the interview with Dan and Plotter. Emmy, the beautiful Emmy, who's one of our Activated Authors ambassadors, and she said for this week she made some progress on book seven and created a fudge recipe as a companion item for book six. It's coffee milk flavoured and absolutely delicious. I am... in love with fudge and in fact that is what I use as my kind of like uh, mini milestone rewards during the 50k writing camps I there's a really um I I don't know I I was gonna call it a ye old shoppy but it's not it's an American sweet shop in a town near me and they do like the big blocks of fudge and I literally every 10k will take the biggest bite out of it like it is a goddamn apple so coffee milk sounds delightful My key takeaway for this week, I am filming this um, on Mothering Sunday, as it is the first chance I've had to actually sit down and speak to you guys. And my key takeaway this week is it is the little things. It is the little things that make the big things matter. So I woke up uh, this morning and I had a text message from my son because he was at his dad's. Um, and it was just a really sweet little Happy Mother's Day message. And he'd sent me um, a pug singing because the kid knows me well. And it was kind of, it was one of those moments that's like, it's the first time he has done something like that of his own accord. And I had a little cry and it made me feel very special. And it wasn't, you know, this huge, big fanfare thing. It wasn't fireworks in the sky or skywriting or I don't know. Why is everything big that I can think of to do with the sky? Maybe because the sky is big. Excellent job there. But yeah, it was just, it's the little things. I think we get so caught up on like huge milestones and like massive grand gestures actually all of those things kind of mean nothing without the without the tiny little steps or the everyday little things that build up to make those big things matter so yeah for me this week it's just about remembering the little things and celebrating the little wins and enjoying every kind of tiny minute step along the way to get to the bigger things um or not even to not to get to necessarily but just the little things make the big things matter whereas a big thing every now and again without any of the little steps or the little gestures 
all the day-to-day uh I love yous from your kids it doesn't mean as much it can kind of feel hollow so enjoy the little things celebrate the little wins and with that being said I'm going to hand over to Dan from the past speaking to the people over at Plotter so enjoy and I will catch you guys next week bye Hello and welcome to our first ever Activated Authors Masterclass and I am thrilled to be joined by Troy Lambert, the Education Lead at Plotter. Troy, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Well, I am excited, very, very excited to have you here because you are one of the guys behind the Plotter software, which is obviously a very, very comprehensive and um, widely adopted at this point planning software for writers. I'm probably not doing it justice in that. So rather than do it in my words, would you mind explaining to people what Plotter is before we get started? So plot, the way I describe it is Plotter is, is, is a, there's essentially two parts of the software. The first one is the planning part. So it's a visual planning software. So think um, and probably betrays my age when I say that I started plotting on a cork board with note cards and string. Um, so a little, little less digital, um, but very much like postcards on a very long string, but with a lot more power to them because you can tag places, people, create tags of your own. Um, so that you can filter and look at your plot for your work in different ways. So it's it's the visual aspect of the planning software. But the second part of it, and for some people, the most exciting is the series Bible aspect. So you've got visual planning, and you've got the ability to house your entire series Bible and your all the plots for your entire series in a single file, in a single project. Um, so you can reference what color eyes was were Susie's eyes in book two, um, or you know, the description of a setting or your character traits or profiles, all of those things that um, if you're anything like me, you forget 10 minutes after you write the end Mm -hmm. um, of the book. And then when you're in the series, you have to go back and look at those things. So rather than going back and reading those things, you're going back and just able to very quickly visually reference those, search for them, whatever, um, and then look at things in kind of a whole new way. So, and all of that is visual, but it's it's the series Bible and the timeline, both in visual aspects. And where was it that Potter originally came from? What was its kind of foundations and what was the, the need that it was serving at the time? So essentially the need it was serving at the time was the, the founder of Plotter, Cameron Sutter, is also a writer. So what you'll find is our entire team is made up of writers. The developers are developers and writers. The, you know, everybody's a writer and or wants to be a writer, one of the two. And uh, so Cameron was writing his own stuff. He was a software developer by day, though. So he was like, well, I need a better way to track my stuff, right? And so he created Plotter. Well, Plotter was originally for Cameron's stuff. And then the more people he showed it to, the more people were like, man, you should totally sell that. Like, people would totally buy it. Um, So he debuted it at a writer's conference in Utah. Um, and I went in and immediately saw this is what I need to declutter my office, remove the whiteboard and the corkboard from the walls and maybe have something, you know, some art or something sane in there. Um, and so um, that's how it started. And it started as a very much just an outlining software. Um, we didn't even have series Bible functionality when we started. It was just a visual outlining software, but I immediately saw the value of being able to move note cards around and add things and all that kind of stuff without scratching things out on a note card or um, having a whiteboard that my very large German shepherd would knock over and erase with his tail and then my entire <laughs> plot would be gone, uh-huh. which <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I may be the only one that experiences that. Now replace you know German I mean. shepherd with like eight year old son. <laughs> I, there you go. That too. Well, yeah, I had I had kids at the time too. When I was first, when, yeah, that's a long story. When I was first starting, <laughs> write, started writing, I had kids at home too. So my office was this like hidey hole under our stairs, and I just like forbid. It was like the big forbidden: all ye who enter here will die. You know, and all that type <laughs> thing to keep keep the kids out of there and hopefully preserve my sanity and my and my plots and my stories. But um, yeah, so. Um, so it's that's how it started was it was serving a very niche need was like hey people need visual ways to plan their stuff here you go here's something that's really cool um and as as it developed you know cameron was constantly asking the community that initial community of people that were using it what do you want what do you want and my immediate answer was the series bible 
give me a series Bible and I'll be a really happy guy. And now I keep adding more features. And he gives me that, um, what I call resting programmer face, where he's like, gets that look that's like, I'm going to tell Troy this is really hard and going to take me a long time to do without really disappointing him. And I'm like, yeah. that's all right. I know it's hard. Go do it anyway. So, you know. There really seems to be, uh, I, re I really wish if I could do it all over, I could be a software engineer just because there's so much utility. That the amount of people that I know for oh. like things like this, where it's just like, I needed this, so I built it. Like, I can't do mm -hmm. that. Maybe I could learn, but. Yeah. No, I tell people I write words, not code. So I'm the education lead, not the coding guy. So people yep. say, how does this work? What language are you? I have no clue. You <laughs> click the button, it does what I want it to do. That's that's where I'm at. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it's, I would, in some ways, I'd love being in this position where I have the ear of the developers, yep. but I don't have to actually do it. I can keep writing my books and then when a new update comes up, I can go, oh, wow. That is a really cool thing. I'm glad I asked for that. Yeah, it sounds, <laughs> but I don't have to create it. It so. sounds like a really good um, process just to actually develop the app and build the app. As you know, as you've kind of demonstrated, there comes through writers. So writers are testing it all the time. It comes from a writer. Um, and we were saying just before we, we came on the recording that I've personally not planned a book through Plotter. I've had a bit of a play with the software just to obviously prepare for this interview. Um, but one of the things that you've mentioned a lot is you know it's a very visual software. How how core is the visual side of it to plot it against other planning softwares? Um, I, I think here's the quickest answer to that it depends on the writer. It depends on your mentality. So there are ways that you can use plotter in like just a straight outline form if that's what you want to do. But for most of us writers, like we like to see the big picture. And I think that sets plotter apart in big ways from Things like, like I write in Scrivener. I do not plan novels in Scrivener. I tried it when I first got Scrivener. I tried to plan in Scrivener. The problem was I couldn't see everything. Yes. Like I could only see parts at a time. And so for me, that didn't work because I needed to be able to see everything kind of quickly, you know, and then I can dive in closer when I need to but I'd like to be able to see everything at, at once. And that's what immediately drew me to Plotter um, was that not only could I see where things are, but I could move them within that vision really, really easily, where in other programs it was extremely difficult or like I tried mind mapping software, then you have to create a different leg and a different thing. And then you, what symbol am I gonna use for this and stop the madness? I mean, it was just, um, it, it, for me, it was just overwhelming to try to figure out how to make this software do what I wanted. Then I looked at Plotter and went, oh, this software already does what I wanted it to do in the first place. So what I was trying to make other software do, it already did it. So that visual component for me and for a lot of writers is super important. And I think it really sets it apart. Is And what sets it apart is the simplicity. Like it, Plotter is so intuitive that like you can, the simplest features at least, you can use, you can figure those out in like five minutes. Like, oh, there's a card, I type a title in it, I can type a description in it. Boom, you, you're started, right? <laughs> now there's obviously more advanced things you can do, but to, to get started, I mean, that was really, and that was really what the program was to start with, you know, chapters across the top, plot lines down the left-hand side and boxes. Mm. Boom, you that's your description, but it, as simple as that sounds, it it helps you develop a layer of efficiency in your writing process that, for me, was a game changer and was astounding. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I've not seen like the timelines and and sort of just tracking in that linear fashion always been very very difficult for me because, like you say, I, I've not found anything other than Plotter now that you know does that and not only does like one timeline but can track lots of timelines you can see where all your characters are at certain points because that seems to be where a lot of writers fundamentally get into their plot holes is losing track of what happens just about when and being able to see on that line what happens um and you mentioned that was kind of if, if I'm right that was the main start of Plotter yep yeah exactly what? that was the main start of Plotter yeah yeah and then obviously there are a bunch of other features. You mentioned series Bibles. Are you okay just give us an overview of like the big main sort of tabs that you've got as a, as a writer to play with? So the, the main features you have is you, we have a notes tab um, right now. And actually there, we're, getting, we're adding some more tabs to that that are gonna get, be really cool by the end of the year, but we have a notes tab. Um, and so that's where I house all my research. And so 
going across the top, basically, you have your timeline, you have your notes tab, which is basically where your research lives, and then you have a character tab and a places tab, places or setting. The problem with calling it setting is then the developers think of settings, and then they don't. <laughs> like I was, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I was yeah. talking to him the other day, and I said, you know what would be nice in the settings? And I was describing something, and the guy was like, wait, in the settings? And I was like, oh, places, places. Let yeah, me talk yeah. your language, places. Um, but anyway, so you can track. So you have a character section. So I use notes for any research that's not related to characters or setting because you have characters and setting already. But within those characters and setting, you can add photos. You can add hyperlinks. So if you're using a real person for, for your character or whatever, or an AI-created person, whatever it is that you do to create the face of your character, you can link to that in that section, that character section, add an actual photo into that section or a number of photos if you want. And then when you're describing them, you just click on that link, go to that link and look at that without, hopefully, without going down the rabbit hole of, you know, their IMDb profile or whatever, where suddenly you're watching their latest movie instead of actually writing your book, which yep. I know, again, this never happens to anybody else because nobody gets as distracted as I do. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? So you can it it allows you to. With those tabs, you can insulate your your information that you need for writing without leaving your writing environment is the way that I put it. It allows you to focus more. Yeah. And that focus is for me, that focus is extremely invaluable um, because I did have methods before, but they were ineffective at keeping me focused on the page. So I've even changed the way I use Scrivener and stuff like that because of those tabs. I have those tabs open on a separate screen, and all I do in Scrivener is write. I don't do anything else in Scrivener. Yeah. So. Focus mode on Scrivener? Foc well, sometimes. It depends. Sometimes I use focus mode once I'm into it. Um, but a lot of times I'll start with the split screen mode with the chapter I wrote the day before and the chapter I'm writing today yeah. side by side. Yeah. So I can, so I basically review a little bit of what I wrote the day before and then just jump right into the writing part. And once I'm in that, then I use focus mode and I love typewriter mode because it keeps things in the center of the screen. Yeah. And I started writing on a typewriter years ago. I didn't have a, so, you know, that may also betray something about my age, anyway, <laughs> whatever. Well, so you mentioned obviously you know planning and plotter writing in scrivener um what are some of the ways that you've seen authors use plotter and how does that relate to people who might specifically be say a discovery writer versus uh, a heavy heavy plotter <laughs> so probably so is this is really interesting because i will always say that if you're a discovery writer you still plot yes 100%. you just plot in a later draft yep okay so what your first draft is, I don't even call it a first draft if you're a discovery writer, I call it a zero draft or an outline draft. Mm -hmm. What you're doing is telling yourself the story. Now I'm doing the same thing when I'm plotting, when I'm telling it to myself in much less detail and filling out the details later. You're telling yourself the entire story, writing the entire thing, and then you go back and hopefully you look at the plot because if not, this is where you get trapped in that five or six draft mode, mm -hmm. right? So to make yourself more efficient, Always in the second draft, what do we say is you need distance from your own writing in order to do it. So people are like, put that away for two months. And I'm like, in today's publishing world, are you kidding me? No, <laughs> I'm not putting anything away for two months. Not going to happen. Um, so what you do instead, one of the things I've seen people do instead is they pull their work apart scene by scene and put it on a plot line. So basically what you're doing is you're taking what you've written and you're checking your work, but you're doing it by summarizing each scene on a plot line rather than trying to read it through and plot and spot the plot structure that you used. Instead, when you when you summarize it, then you're not reading it. You're not reading the book. You're just reading those summaries. And I mean, for that to work, you have to be honest with your summaries, right? You, you have to be like, this is what I actually wrote here. This is I don't make it about what you intended to write. Um, I use tags when I do this with my own work um, that talk about the pacing of the scene. This is a slow exposition scene. This is a, an action-packed scene. And then I can see if I have three, four slow scenes in a row and I write mystery and thriller, hey, man, that's not going to work, right? My readers are now off watching, binging Netflix or something, and they're no longer reading my book. Um, so, you know, they've stopped doing that. So that's one way. Um, there's The other way that people do sometimes as discovery writers, they do what I call plot as you go. After you finish writing at the end of the day, 
you summarize what you wrote that day on a plot line in plotter and you just do that every day until you're done with your book right yeah then when you go back to revise that first draft you've already got those summaries that you wrote actually wrote at the time that you wrote that work and so then you can go back and look at it objectively, hopefully, and and even like we have a lot of plot templates in Plotter, which we haven't talked about yet, but we didn't start out with oh, those, okay. but now we have, we have like 30 of them, right? Yeah. And you can compare your work with one of those plot structures. So you can go, do I have an inciting incident? Is my inciting incident in the right place? So as a discovery writer, so even as a, as a planner, I plan, then I write the book. Oddly enough, the book does not always go exactly the way that I planned. I know that's a big shock, too. Doesn't yeah. happen to anybody else. It's only me. <laughs> anyway. So, so anyway, but and so I go back and then I check my work for what I wrote against what I intended to write mm -hmm. and go, okay, did I actually did I, did my homework work out? Did I hit the marks where I was supposed to? And where were those scenes where I was just telling myself the story and the reader doesn't need to hear that and I can chuck that? And you can do that process and spot those plot holes and spot those extra scenes and stuff like that before you get to that first revision process. And it makes that revision process smoother, faster, makes your draft better, makes your editor happier. Yeah. Um, it just all the way around. And it just makes writing more fun, which is one of the things for me that I tell people all the time is like, look, this writing for a living, there's much easier ways to make money. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, there's <laughs> there's all kinds of easier ways to make money, mm -hmm. right? So if you're the writing part needs to be fun for you. Some of the rest of it isn't always the funnest thing in the world, but the writing part needs to be fun for you. So let's make it fun, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I'm smiling a lot in that because I think you might have just fixed part of my process. <laughs> like, I've, never, I've never heard it. Validate is the wrong word, but like I'm I always say to people, like, I don't believe in um, plotting versus panting. Like, it's a spectrum like you might sit anywhere on there. Yep. But you, like it's not black and white. It's not binary. Um, so I tend to sit around a three or four where like a lot of what I do is kind of make it up as I go. I, there are like a few core elements that I like to have. And then I will write mm -hmm. that first draft and I will just explore it. And then what I tended to do, and this was previously in Scrivener, which is quite difficult to work with this, is um, to use the little uh, notes, note cards and summarize each chapter. Mm -hmm. I've just realized like how important that part is to my journey. And that idea that you said about, you know, matching them against, you know, the templates that are on there and actually then sort of seeing where you're fitting, what's missing, that kind of stuff um, is almost like an analytical tool really has yep. like, just jogged my brain into particularly like, the story I'm working on at the minute, because like I've, I wrote the first draft and I've basically gone straight into edits. And as I'm, I think the next step will probably be to do that, but actually doing it on the mm -hmm. plot side of things could be a, a very good way forward. Well, and here's a good, here's good news for you is you can import your Scrivener file into plotter and it will bring in what's on those little cards. So you <laughs> import it into plotter. So you don't have to manually copy and paste it into plotter to figure that out, import it into plotter. It'll import what's on those cards. Um, provided you're formatted the correct way. And essentially, so we're trying to, we're improving the import process from Scrivener, but right now, if you use the novel template in Scrivener, it will import. If you use novel with parts, it will import in a funny way. You will have to move those cards around because Plotter doesn't know what to do with those parts yeah. yet. Yeah, We're working on that part, but it, it doesn't quite know, how, but that's coming. That's that's one of the things that's coming this year that is improving that import function. Um, but anyway, but it'll bring all that in for you. And then literally, like you said, you can check your work and then you can go back in and you know how you can move things around in Scrivener and stuff. So you can move the actual writing around. You can delete those text scenes you don't need. You can edit those and then move forward with your with your process with and save yourself a lot of headache and effort yeah um it, it's just for me and so for a large part for me and i think this applies though whether you are writing for a living or whether you write for a hobby but either way your writing time is super precious right um if you write for a living there's there's a million other things we have to do people are like oh you get to write all day and i'm like yeah i wish 
that would be awesome that I could yeah. just sit back and write all day and <laughs> hand out my books to the waiting public who just can't wait to get the next words. No, it doesn't work that way, right? Yeah. Um, so there's lots of other things you have to do that are part of the business of writing. And then, of course, I do things like this, right? So it, it's like your your writing time is still really, really precious. So wasting it by making that process more efficient and more fun every time you can do that do that mm -hmm. you know if you're writing for a living it's super important because clearly i like to eat and my wife likes nice things right <laughs> so we need we we need money right? yeah yep. right? but but on the flip side of that even if you're doing this for a hobby or whatever i mean you know you know the guys that play golf or whatever and they just come home on saturday frustrated because they had a horrible day on the course man i mean who wants to go get frustrated you know, this is my hobby and it's terrible and I hate doing it. No, let's not do that. Let's let's make it as fun as possible. You're still going to have bad days, but they're not they're They can be less frequent. We'll put oh, it that absolutely. Way. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned they're like templates, which out of pretty much most of the features that the people in the activated authors community have mentioned, these templates, these outlines are very, very, very helpful for them. Um, can you give a little overview on what they are and what kind of things you've got for authors? So we have over 30, so we have tons of different types of templates. We even have scene card templates that will help you like when you're crafting a proactive scene or a reactive scene. We have character templates where you can give your characters a personality test. Highly recommend this for your main characters. Don't give it to all of them. This is what I call plot procrastination. When you're like, you've got the guard who appears for 30 seconds on screen and lets you into the castle and you know his personality and his wife and his children and everything about, no, stop. You don't need to know that. But about your main characters, I recommend you give them personality tests because it helps you understand how they would interact with other characters and to make those interactions seem real. And that, that involves you learning some things about psychology and personality and all those different kinds of things but some of those you probably already know and you might be you might surprise yourself but um but so we have all of those but the thing that people focus on is the plot templates and the reason is what we've taken is plot structures that people have developed and we put them into plotter with kind of a simple summary so what i tell people is like we have romancing the beat romance authors love the romancing the beat but what i tell them is look at Romancing the Beat, but then go back to the book on Romancing the Beat and really study it if you really like that, yeah. right? Don't, or look at the many blogs and the many things that are out there about these different plot structures. Don't just stop with what's in Plotter, but what, what's in Plotter can give you a very handy guide as far as what your plot structure should look like. And there are genre-specific ones. There are complicated ones. There are ones that, like, when you start with just a few events that you know in your book, I just call those tentpole events, where you can start with like Freytag's Pyramid or the W plot, and you need to know seven things about your book before you start. So if you're a discovery writer kind of transitioning into being a plotter, I'm, I don't recommend that you download the story engines template and just start building this architecture for your story, right? probably you're probably going to get discouraged at some point and it's going to feel overwhelming start with seven plot points and then if you get more complicated from there great in the revision process yes get more complicated great but in the original drafting process don't overwhelm yourself but anyway so we have all of those things everything from complicated to simple and pretty much every genre we have one that's called the sleuth's journey that i happen to have made that one um, it's basically for mystery writers, and it's based on the hero's journey, only adapted for mysteries. That's all it is. Nothing complicated, um, nothing super spectacular, but there are different um, adaptations you can do of different templates to make them fit your genre, your writing style, and you're probably going to do that. So you can create your own templates, and then once you have a template that's really working for your book, create your own template, and you can use it for your series over and over again. Um, and we even have a community template place on our website now where you can share that template with other people and maybe they'll like it and use it too you know so perfect and what um what assistance have you got in place for people who might want to find out more about sort of Freytag's pyramid or romance in the beach should they be uh, new to approaching those templates so we have some of those that we've outlined in pretty in pretty great detail on our youtube channel and we're developing more of those we're also developing more um written content around that because some people are like i don't want to watch a video okay fine read this blog post um 
but so we're developing some more of those as well to explain those things more in depth. And most of the time, there's there are external resources. So in other words, I'm not going to create another book on romancing a beat because one already exists from the gal who created it. Or um, there is a romance beat sheet that was created by Jamie Gold, I believe. Um, and that one is like a really, you know, um, uh, there's um, story circles with which Jay Thorne explores really thoroughly. And we've interviewed him on our YouTube channel. So I, I tell people there's interviews on our YouTube channel. And then many of these things are books and a lot of in-depth information that's behind them mm. that we recommend that you go and look. We always want to point to that original creator of it, but also um, to just give you an in-depth understanding. Um, because... So here's one of the other things I preach all the time is story structure. What you'll find is more story structures have more in common than they do different. Yes. So like I study story structure, like almost every new story, somebody comes out with what they call a new story structure. I buy their book, I read it, and I try to understand it, right? And the reason is there, there's so much things that are in common with them. The language is di just different, and that language will resonate differently with different people. So... Find the one that resonates with you and then dive in and study that um, and study other content that's been created with that. So consume content. I used to say read in your genre. What I say instead is now is consume content. There's so many ways to consume content. Um, television, stream a series, uh, listen to an audio book, whatever, whatever your poison, but do it intentionally mm -hmm. to look at the story structure and figure out why did that work and how can I imitate that? for my own writing and make it my own pro a part of my own process. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing is making it a part of your process so that you finish writing faster. Yeah. I think that's something I quite like about it is um, I'm used to being approached by writers who are almost looking for a one size fits all approach to this is how you write. This is the one way to do it. Um, and the amount of times I say to people, like you have to find your way, you have to listen to different voices to find that. And like, I was, in, within the first five minutes of play, I found all of these different templates. And one thing for me that I was very surprised to find is I write horror and it's very, very difficult to find horror templates and horror structures and things, even though, as you say, there's a universality to that kind of story. Um, and I was reading through it and I was reading through um, the example in there, which was uh, Wes Craven's Scream and how that applies to the story and stuff. And I was mm -hmm. very, very like, very, very happily surprised at how comprehensive it was and how all the beats were there. And as I was reading through it, I was like, oh, yeah, in my story, that goes there, that goes there, that goes there. And it's quite a nice exercise, especially if you're in a genre that feels because I do feel like horror as a genre feels less represented in the sort of theory side mm -hmm. of things, because it has a few nuances in the sense of like no happy endings or fewer happy endings and just some of the things that happen. Um, but it was very, very nice to kind of jump on there and see that even even horror had a, a little mention. <laughs> Well, for sure. And that it's it's interesting. Horror is an interesting category because it gets thrown in with like mystery and thriller mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But it doesn't always fit those categories extremely well. And you may have a genre that doesn't exactly fit maybe one of these categories. So we have not only do we have a whole bunch of them, but the, the whole idea is so you'll see our video interviews on YouTube. And I tell people this is what I call the and then. Right. And what I mean by that is almost every interview that I do with a writer about how they use plotter, they say, I start with this plot structure or with this method or whatever, and then. Mm -hmm. And that moment is when they tell me how they adapted it to fit their style and what they're doing. And once they do that, that's the gold in that interview. So the gold for you as a writer is finding your and then. Yeah. You take that horror structure and you go, yeah, my story fits there. But it doesn't quite fit there, but it still works. So, and then I make my own template that fits my stories, my style, my books, or I just change this a little bit and it's fine. So you start with that horror beat sheet and then you make it your own. And that's the gold that's going to make this, that's going to help you integrate this into your process. Because my end then initially with Plotter was I use this to plan my books and then I write. Now I use Plotter to plan my books. I use it in the writing process and I use it in the revision process because I've been able to find ways to integrate it into all of those things. Will you do that? I don't know. Maybe. Because people are like, can I imitate your process? I'm like, sure, you can imitate my process because you're not going to keep it exactly the same way I do it. If you do, I mean, that's miraculous. Like you, you're, you will make that process your own one way or another. 
because you're going to use Plotter the way that works for you. So this is not a, there's not a magic bullet. Like I'm going to tell you, people will come to me and say, well, if I write this genre, what template should I use? And I give them four because I'm like, you know, most of the time I give them like four choices Yeah. because I'm, and I'm like, try each one and see which one resonates with you and your story, both of those things, because I use different templates for different stories. If I write a mystery novella, I don't use my sleuth journey. That's for novel length ones. I use the 12 step mystery formula. So I don't always even use my own template for my own work. I use, sometimes I use something else. That's fine for my romantic comedy stuff that I'm writing. I use a romancing the beat because I like it. It works really well. Uh, and there are certain elements you can adapt to adventure and thriller and they work as well. Mm-hmm. And that can be some of the conflict that you find in that, in that romance type area. So th- there's no one size fits all. There's no one answer, but there are so many ways in plotted that you can try different ones. Just see which one works for you and resonates with your story. And as things line up, you'll begin to understand like, how much these things have in common and the different ways that you can use them. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a learning process. The initial process of using plotter is really easy, but the learning process is a part like the craft of writing. You can keep learning forever. Like I am never, I don't feel like I'm ever going to be a master of this thing. It's just never going to happen. Yeah. It's pain. I've been, in this since 2015 so at the time recording that's come up to eight years now and i still feel as if i've got as much to learn as the day that i started <laughs> mm-hmm. it's really bizarre. I've, been, I've been writing full-time since 2009 and i go to conferences and i present at the conferences but i also attend a lot of sessions and people will be like oh wow you were in my session on plotting and i'm like yeah because I still have stuff to learn about plotting and you can probably teach me something like I, I have no illusions that, you know, people be like, Oh, how did you get to be such a plot guru? And I'm like, I almost hate that word. Cause I'm like, I'm not a plot guru. I'm just a guy who knows a lot about plot and I'm still learning a lot of things about plot. So that plot guru, can I spot things? Yeah. Can I, well, it's just, it's just practice. Right. But I don't feel like I'm the master of it. You know, I'm like, you know, just like I was talking about earlier, I spotted a plot hole in one of my own books after it had been published, you know, the plot (laughs) guru, you know, has got an error. And I'm not going to tell you which one. I'm not going to tell you. But anyway, you know what I mean? Find it. People are going to go find it. This guy, he says he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't, you know. Um, But I mean, that's just the the truth of the matter is you're going to still make mistakes. You're still going to learn. You're still going to grow as a writer. And and I don't know anybody who's stopped doing that. If, and usually if they claim that they've stopped doing that, they're really not that good of a writer, Yeah. to be honest with you. Um, they, it, you know, between the way the publishing industry changes and the way readers' appetite changes and all those different things, if you're not learning something pretty much every day, you're probably, and if you don't like doing that, you're probably in the wrong business. This is, mm-hmm. this is just an ever-changing game. Um, love it. Love every aspect of it, but you know it that is what it is that so way. yeah what um what kind of on-site help do you have for authors that might find themselves stuck using the the software um so we have all kinds um first of all we have our facebook a really active facebook group um and now we're, we're continuously developing our online our own online community as well um but in the facebook group literally you can ask almost anything and someone will be there that can answer it and I tell people too, if you think I can answer it, tag me in your post. I'll come answer it. Um, it's not like I'm, you know, up here in this ivory tower somewhere, and not. Um, uh, so you can, and you can, you know, email us. We have, we actually have coaching programs. If you want to do that, I mean, they're not that those aren't free, but they, you know, we have coaching programs. We have what we call Kickstarter calls too. That you, basically, if you just want to kickstart on your plotter plot file and you want to sit down with me for an hour. You know, um, you just book that and I'll Zoom with you and we'll just talk for an hour about what your plot is, what you're doing with your plot and where you need help, where you're stuck. Um, but you can also, I mean, but for free, you can go on the Facebook group and get answers. There's all kinds of uh, documentation and resources on our website. And if you're ever stuck with anything software-wise or plot-wise, you can email support at plotter.com. Now, support at plotter.com will primarily answer your 
technical questions. If it's a plot question, you it'll probably take a little longer to get an answer from someone like me because they're the guys that write code and they'll say, hey man, um, this person emailed about this, can you help them? You know, something like that. But um, so primarily they're the tech resource people, but there are, if you just can't, if you're just stuck and you can't reach anybody, you know, reach out. But I also highly recommend that when it comes to plot things that you have a community around you anyway that you found. I don't care whether that's a critique group or a writing group or a combination of those things um, because critique groups, well, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, I've been doing this. I've been, I've been in the same critique group for about 10, 11 years now. And anyway, so long, there's all kinds of long stories that go with that. But yeah, um, but you should have a writing community around you, where especially with plot questions, is you can bounce something off somebody. And if you don't, um, get yourself a book coach or something, you know, somebody that you can bounce ideas off of. Um, and you know, we have that capability, but there's also tons of them that maybe locally, and you can go have coffee with, or whatever the case may be. I mean, you're welcome to come have coffee with me on Zoom, and you know, <laughs> or depending on how late in the day, maybe some other type of beverage perhaps might be involved. But um, you know, it's uh, you know, you're you're welcome to do that type of thing. But you know, we our our whole main goal is the support of authors because Plotter is a writing software, and what I mean by that is. The purpose of it is not so you can create a beautiful plotter file and a beautiful series Bible. So if you create a beautiful plotter file, come and show that to me and it'll make me very happy. And I'll go, yay, you, nice plotter file. You wanna make me even happier. Show me the first draft that you completed with that really beautiful plotter file and I'll be a much happier guy. That's my goal is for you to write. Show me the series that you created with that beautiful series Bible and I'll be a much happier guy because my goal is to get you writing, not just plotter is not the end game. Plotter is a part of the overall game. Yeah. So. I love that answer so much. That made me all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that. Um, bit of a curveball. Who is plotter not for? You know, they're just it's every now and then i will come across someone who just plotters not for them and that is it's it's really a hard question to answer but what i will say is like if you already have a process that's working for you visually or whatever i know people that create plot files in excel i can't oh it just hurts my heart yep. right i can't i can't do it i don't even know but there are people that do it or you have a process that already works for you or you're just not a very visual person and that doesn't like i've met people like that that doesn't really matter to me they're like i put an outline in word and it works fine for me oh, great go you yep i can't do that either um for me the visual but if the visual element is not important to you which is possible for people or you already have some other software that's working for you if you're able to do things in mind mapping or um i tried for a while visio which is like for engineers you know and they have the different shapes and the boxes and you can text in them and stuff it didn't work for me because it was too engineer like um and there was like graph paper and stuff but some people can do that right if you if i mean and if you can if you've got a process that works for you that's that's great um I mean, the primary thing when people ask me that is I'm like, give it a shot for 30 days, 30 day money back guarantee. If you don't like it, well, first of all, please tell us why you didn't like it, because that's really useful information for us going forward. It's like, why did this not work for you? Um, but the second part of that is like, if it just isn't for you and it doesn't fit your writing process, everybody's process is different, right? So we found literally tens of thousands of writers that plotter works for their writing process but there are likely thousands more that it doesn't work for their writing process um again this is something that has to resonate and work with you so i'm like i don't i i have a hard time answering that because i don't want to say for somebody else like what you know it, it, there is no wrong in the process there are rules for writing a novel just nobody knows what they are so, um <laughs> you know <laughs> So, so until somebody, some genius figures that out, and probably going to be some sentient AI at this rate. Uh, um, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's a whole again, other conversation. That's, that's another podcast. That's a yep. whole other podcast. 
but um you know at this point like nobody knows the rules for writing a novel everybody has a different process you know some of the some people can crank out you know eight novels a year and other people can crank out two mm-hmm. you know you do you um the, this this career in this writing life has room for everyone regardless of what you're doing so yeah. um if, whether plotter works for you or not still you can still be my friend you can still come talk to me about plot because it that's not the again that's not the point it's whether it's a it can integrate into your process or not mm-hmm. so one more question and then i got a couple from the community and uh the question is what um how do i phrase it what functionality of plotter do you think gets overlooked or is often not seen that you think is very very useful for authors to know i think one of the things that i show people that they that kind of they're like oh i didn't know you could do that is um filtering like filtering your timeline by like characters and things like that so when you when you're looking at your plot lines at your various plot lines you can either do a search for a certain word or all of those tags you've created for characters or places or whatever the case may be you can filter by those and all the other scene cards kind of fade into the background and you just see the ones that have that character in them and what that can help you do is spot plot holes. So for instance, I'll have a book that has a main plot and a subplot, right? And one of my books that I recently wrote called Teaching Moments, um, which just won an award, by the way. But oh, anyway, congratulations. That, that was kind of cool. Hell um, yeah. Because I, for, I forgot that I had applied for the award. But anyway, <laughs> um, that's another story about Troy's brain. Anyway, um, but... So there's two parallel plots and they don't meet until the very end. One of them's a main plot, one's a subplot, right? But I need to make sure that that subplot hangs together even if the main plot wasn't there so that all of that makes sense. So I filter by just that plot. And then I can read through just that, the summaries of just that plot and go, okay, let's make sure there's no holes in this one or in this one. And then when they come together, things make much more beautiful sense. So I think that ability to separate things and filter by just what you want to look at right now that's related to your book is a super cool functionality that sometimes is overlooked because people don't understand that like when you filter by those things, they go, that's cool that it does that, but why would I do that? And I go, well, here's why is you're spotting, you're spotting the plot holes in that character arc or looking at that character arc in particular and making sure that you hit all the beats so that when they do that last thing and that last scene in the climax, that makes sense to your reader because your reader goes, oh, I should have seen that coming because of their character arc and who they become as a person. So that's one of the things is that that chasing your characters down and separating that out and making sure that makes sense is one of the most overlooked things, I think. And I use it all the time. So Perfect. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so let's go into some questions from the community. Uh, the first one, I think, is um, a fairly on the nose one for you, which is, what's the difference between Plotter and Plotter Pro? Okay, uh, so this is, it's complex, but it's easy. The Plotter um, Classic is the desktop app version. You download it to your computer, you use it there. You can uh, still save things in the cloud, um, like in OneDrive. So before we had Plotter Pro, I used OneDrive, right, as an example. Um, and and I save things in the cloud in OneDrive, and it's got an autosave feature and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, the biggest difference is, well, one of the biggest differences is Pro is web-based instead, so it automatically syncs to the cloud on a really quickly. I don't, the developers tell me numbers that don't mean anything <laughs> to me. It's super fast, less than seconds, right? Um, so it, it syncs to the automatically, but the biggest thing is you have no device limitations. Usually with the desktop version, you buy like a one device license or a three device license, right? And you can put it on that many devices, right? You have limitations. With the web version, because you can access it on a browser, there's no device limitations. Like you can you can have it on 100 devices if you want. Where this comes into play for me is if I'm traveling, I have my, because when I'm at home, I have my big, you know, screen set up and I look like a Russian hacker, right? When I'm on the road, clearly I don't look like that, right? Um, so, but I take my iPad and I use my iPad as my secondary screen for looking at Plotter. I can achieve almost the same process effect, even if I'm on the road, because I just open Plotter in my browser. Now there is an iOS app, so I could do that. There's all kinds of ways I could do it, 
I just happen to use my browser as the way that I use it. Um, so you can access Plotter anywhere in a browser. But the other biggest difference is you can collaborate in real time with someone on a file. So if you share your file with me, you and I can be typing in that file at the same time, kind of like in Google Doc, and you can see the changes that I've made, um, which is really fun to mess around with your friends if you're sharing a Plotter file. Or be very helpful as an editor or a co-writer if you're, yeah. but you can also mess around with it. And with um, but anyway, so, so um, you would both, yeah. yes, you would both have to have Plotter Pro for that to work, mm -hmm. right? It, for, for yeah, basically you both have to have Plotter Pro, but all of my editing clients now have Plotter Pro by the time we're done with the editing process. And the reason is it's going to save you more time in money that you would pay me otherwise for my time. Mm -hmm to have Plotter Pro than what it's gonna cost you for Plotter Pro. So that because we can collaborate in real time. If you tried to do that with Plotter Classic and you had it open in OneDrive and your friend had it open in OneDrive, you're gonna have versioning issues. You're gonna over, because of the autosave, you're gonna overwrite over each other. And usually you're gonna break the file at some point. You're gonna corrupt <laughs> it at some point. There's gonna be some code thing that happens in the background and our guys at, Pl at support can fix it. but. You could just avoid that. Don't if you're doing that, just don't have the file open at the same time on two different devices through the cloud, yep. or you will mess yourself up. There will there will be things that happen that are, and you you can potentially lose work and all that kind of stuff. And it's just it's bad news. Um, so those are the primary things with with um, Plotter Pro is the collaboration feature, um, auto save, and basically that you can access your your Plotter files anywhere you have access to the internet which in today's world is almost everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, what does the future have in store for Plotter and what impact will this have on the author community? Man, so we have actually all kinds of things. So there's some things that people have been asking us for for a while. Um, one of them is we have an act structure, which will help address that um, novel with parts thing we were talking about with Scribner, right? So we have an act structure. It's been in beta for a while. Um, that's coming out of beta this year. Um, that is, to me, that is another one of those game-changing features. Um, it's Anyway, it, it, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, but the other one is we, we wanted a more robust world-building thing. So we've got characters and places, but what if you're writing a fantasy and you've got objects that you want to relate to characters or a magic system you want to relate to characters or... Um, sci-fi and you have a, some kind of planetary system or a historical and you've got to look at a different time frame, right? And so we're expanding that world building um, feature so that it's going to have more than just characters and settings and, you know, those type of things that you can filter by book, but it's going to have even more. So that makes that series Bible significantly more powerful um, in that particular case. Um, so that one's one of the big ones, um, a chronological timeline. And then the other main things that we have are smaller fixes, but they're things that like people ask for, like a universal search and replace type thing. So you change the character's name. You can then change it everywhere in your file. Right now, that would be a real pain. You have to search for it um, and that type, because you can change it in the character tab and that'll change it a lot of places unless you put that name in text in some places, then it won't. Anyway, it, it's kind of complex, but um, from a coding stand, I don't know. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that and that and the improved import from Scribner is going to be a big deal as well. And we there's some other things that are like at the peripheral, um, but those are the major things for this year um, is that improved import from Scribner, which is, that is already a game feature. Being able to import from Scribner and then check your work is a yeah. is just already... A game changer but we're actually just trying to make that better so it works better for people so all of those things will have i think the the biggest impact they'll have on the writer community is efficiency um and we hear a lot about that right now is efficiency being efficient writing faster writing making your writing process smoother you know easier all that kind of stuff and that's what a lot of the different tools we have available to us now do and that's one of the things that plotter is constantly looking to do is just make that process more efficient Nice. Uh, and then we'll go for one more, which is, I love seeing the list of different plot types. Will there be any more plot types added in the future? I know you mentioned kind of bits and pieces on this, but yeah. have you got any sort of particular in mind that are coming to? Plot yes. Types? So I, I don't have any particular ones 
on my list at the moment. I could probably dig and find them, but they're they're all we're always adding more as they come along, and along with character, uh, making the character templates richer, um, giving you more resources for those, or at least referring you to more resources for those. Um, that type of thing. But so we have some coming. There are some, and, and to explain the background of that to people, some plot templates are copyrighted by like the instructor or the person who created them. So we can't just pull them into Plotter and make them. However, you are welcome, as we've stated earlier, to make your own templates. So I'll use the example of Save the Cat, for instance. So Save the Cat, Jessica Brody, who wrote Save the Cat, writes a novel is a good friend of mine. I like Jessica a lot, right? But we still cannot have the Save the Cat template in Plotter because it's copyrighted by Blake Snyder and that whole organization, people, right? But there may be a video on YouTube created by a guy named Troy, who you may be familiar with at this point, who could perhaps teach you how to make your own Save the Cat template and might go through that step-by-step. -step. So that's, in the world I live in, that's what we call a hint. Um, you could go and you could you could go and find that perhaps. So even though there are some templates that are not in there yet, some of them never will be um, because there are certain instructors that are just not going to they they have their own things going. They won't give us that copyright, and that's it's their property. You know we don't want to any take away from anything anybody else has created. Um, but you can make your own. So if you find something, and also the other thing I forgot to mention is we do have a very public roadmap. And we have a suggest a feature ability on our website. If you have a template that you would like to see, oh, one of the ones that, that we're working on is heroine's journey. That yes. people really want to see the heroine's journey, right? Um, me too. Like it. Like that book a lot. Super, oh, so much information. Anyway, um, so we're working on that. But if you want to see something, a, a template, you can look at our roadmap, see if it's coming. If it's not, Suggest that feature or suggest a feature for Plotter that you say, man, it'd be great if Plotter could do bill in the blank, whatever it is you think. Um, because the majority of features we have with Plotter today have been suggested and then obviously created by writers. Like Writers will come to us and say, man, it'd be great if Plotter could do this. And we're like, you're right. It would be great if Plotter could do that. We'll get to work on that. And we try to implement those as much as possible. I love that. Did not know about the suggest feature either. I've learned a lot. Today. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I guess the big question to uh, round off this masterclass is where can people get their hands on Plotter and how much does it cost? Um, so the the um, go to www.plotter.com. I believe it's slash pricing or just click on pricing from the home from the home page. And I'll tell you the pricing. Um, there's different pricing for annual and lifetime. And this is a good place for me to explain annual pricing. So people are like annual pricing. What happens at the end of the year? At the end of the year, plotter, your plotter app doesn't like slowly disappear and suck all your files with it and just like go into the and then you never see it again. No, um, we don't do that. At the end of the the only difference is you don't get updates. Like at the end of that year, you just be whatever level, whatever software version you're at at that time, that'd be where you're stuck, right? Until you renew and then you can get updates again. Um, now, because we're updating all the time, and just like any other software, I highly recommend you get updates. Um, annual licensing for one device is, oh, I should pull it up, but it's like it's around the $25 range. Mm -hmm. um, and then lifetime licensing is still under a hundred bucks, I believe, just under a hundred bucks um, for lifetime licensing, which basically that's gonna pay for itself really quickly. Um, but Pro is right now, until February 1st, so like coming up here is 79 bucks for um, annual, 249 for lifetime. But as of February 1st, it's going up to 99 for annual and 300 for lifetime, 299 for lifetime. So um, if you're going to get pro, hopefully if you're listening to this after February 1st, I'm sorry. If you're listening to it before February 1st, um, you can uh, you can grab that deal because grab it like it's been in launch pricing for a while and launch pricing is now gonna end um, pretty quickly for that. Um, so, but I would tell you we're well worth it. And again, 30 day money back guarantee. If you go back, if you go try Plotter, try it with the single license, device license and just give it a shot like 25 bucks if you don't like it you want your 25 bucks back just let us know and we'll just give it to you i mean just email us and we'll give it back to you um, but do please tell us why you didn't like plotter we'd be happy to hear that
can't say better yeah. than that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that rounds off this masterclass. Thank you so much, Troy, for jumping on and chatting with me for a little while and telling me all about uh, Potter. And I'll be honest, like just from looking at it, playing with it, like I really like what you guys are doing over there. I'll definitely be playing with more. And this is slightly tangential, but from a marketing background myself, like I love just the visuals and, and the design and how it all looks and is put together. So like, great job. Oh, well, <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I mean, I just, um, yeah. I, I love the way it's visually put together. It's it, because it 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 doesn't create chaos in your writing space. Mm-hmm. It creates order in your writing space, and that's really important. So, yeah. Well, thank you for that. No worries. And I will put uh, any links to Plotter and everything that we've spoken about in this episode down in the show notes. And one more time from myself and from Troy. Goodbye, and I will see you next time. <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Activate your energy.